1: Uh, our next guest, and this is not a lead-in to our next guest, I'm not talking to him about about middle age, but we probably could and have a fascinating conversation. Dr. Peter Brindley, of course, you know him. We've been talking to him over the past year. He is uh, an intensive care doctor at the University of Alberta Hospital. Uh, Doc, welcome back to the show. Wow, you could just tell me I'm old, Jalen. I can take direct talk. <laughs> (laughs) I think we both turned 50 this year so we're the same age doc so it's uh it's it's been interesting though because I was I was talking to some some people who wrote a book titled midlife in the last segment and they're like around 40 years of age and at 40 I never thought that was middle age I always thought 50 and 60 was middle age what did you think about middle age growing up Oh, from
0: growing up entirely different uh, than what I think about it now. I mean, I'm I'm sorry to be the the bringer of doom here, but you know, if you and I are middle aged, that means we're going to make it to a hundred. Uh huh. <laughs> um, yeah, I, I'm sure you will. I'm not quite sure oh. my waistline will allow me.
1: Dr. Brindley, wanted to check in with you uh, because it has been uh, a little a little while. And, of course, your writings always give us pause for thought and your commentary on where things are right now. Um, before we get into... Because you kind of came out a little bit swinging uh, uh, against uh, a few things in the last in the last piece you wrote, but I'm curious to know how things are at the hospital right now as we're in this third wave when we saw what the third highest number of COVID cases reported in the province yesterday. Then we've you know it was the third highest number d- through the entire pandemic. Where's your head at?
0: Yeah, it's, it stinks, doesn't it? Um, you yeah. and I spoke a number of weeks ago, and it almost seemed like. Uh, uh, a nice coda to the story you know it was one year in the numbers were down and we were talking about what's normalcy going to look like again and here we go with potentially an even bigger wave uh, as, as we race vaccines against variants I, I did come out a little bit swinging um i mean how else do you show your patriotism other than say come on canada we can do better than this and and for people that haven't read it which of course will be just about everybody um it it was it was you know swinging a bit at uh woeful vaccine performance it was swinging a bit at the mixed messages that doctors and administrators and all kinds of people have been giving it was Uh swinging a little bit about fatigue because surely we're better than this and on and on and on and i own all the accusations that i launched uh, you know i'm ex- ex- as exhausted frustrated and beaten up as everybody else is mm-hmm. uh,
1: dr brindley uh peter y- you talk about you know canada you say my nation canada my profession intensive care medicine is usually happy with this arrangement and that arrangement is you know being ignored as <laughs> if everything is going to plan you go on to say uh the current world worldwide attention on both is because of canada's woeful covid 19 <laughs> vaccination performance and a growing third nine uh third Covid-19 wave. I mean, this 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 rollout and where we are at. How you know, incredibly frustrating for so many people. But I think people on the front line, it's got to be even more so in so many ways.
0: Yeah. It, it, well, I mean, as I've said a thousand times, we're your friends, your neighbours, um, and so I, I, it's never been us versus you. It's never been healthcare workers versus other members because you know we're we're, god i hate the slogans but we are in this together and and let's really make those words mean more than just a painful slogan the reason for this article and it's in the british medical journal just type my name in a british medical journal if anyone wants to read it but it was actually the brits that got in touch and said what the heck is going on in your country normally you're quietly confident normally we can happily ignore you I'm paraphrasing a bit but we're usually happy to ignore your profession intensive care because you just get on and do it Um, we're happy to ignore Canada because it's quietly confident and sometimes is the envy of the world Um, but in the same week that somebody decided to announce that Canada was the number one nation in the world and I'm not suggesting in plenty of areas we are Uh, you know scenery opportunities you name it but at the same time we were well under 20th for vaccines given and it's partly because we don't make the darn things which which i think is pathetic as a g8 country it's tough to know where to aim that frustration and i'm sure it's not one group i'm sure it's sort of 20 years asleep at the switch um and and because life's been so good we haven't been preparing for the worst i don't know but it was as i say it was the brits getting in touch and saying what the heck you usually show us Mm. up and now we're showing you up
1: yeah you 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 talk about um one of covid's many lessons is that we need to do better in the back rooms what do you mean by that well
0: uh, preparing first of all you know it's clear that no amount of cash Because, my God, we've been hemorrhaging cash, and I'm not suggesting I would have been any smarter had I been in charge of where the money went. But it is my understanding that we've spent more in a year than any other project in Canada's history, even when you include inflation. So more than the Second World War in one year, more than every bomb that was dropped and every bullet that was shot on COVID, and we're only a year into it. And, you know, terrific. We were able to mobilise money, but that doesn't make up for the fact that we haven't produced our own vaccine, that we can't move doctors and nurses around the country because we don't even have national licences. So you can move a firefighter around the country, but you can't move a doctor or a nurse. So, you know, even when Ontario was... I don't know whether posturing is the right word or pleading, but we, even when they were asking for help, us docs were saying, well, we'd love to go out there, A, if we had the time, but unfortunately we're sinking too, and B, I don't even have a blinking license to go out and help you. Mm-hmm. So it's that sort of complacency that bothered me a bit. The original draft of the article, I I sort of tried to argue I wasn't having my Harry and Meghan moment. In other words, I wasn't just, you know, I wasn't just complaining and walking away. It was quite the opposite. Um, And so, you know, this this is a country that I moved halfway around the world to be part of a long time ago. But it uh we're just not entirely fit for task, is my sense at the moment.
1: Uh, uh, do you think it's become too politicized?
0: <laughs> yes, but I mean life is politicized. you know, I would argue that the science has always been clear. It's been what we've done with it. Now, again, I'm not picking villains and 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 heroes here. Um, I don't know what I would have done in a lot of those circumstances, but science is an interesting thing in that science is a way of thinking and a way of engaging where you don't lose your temper, you sit back, you assess all the data. It's a bit like being on a diet following science. You know, it's easy to do for a couple of weeks, a couple of months, but to keep it up actually takes discipline and engagement and commitment. And and people have dipped in and out of science when it suited them, and that's not the scientific method.
1: You know, it's interesting. Just had this text that came in from Gordon Saint Albert, and he says the big issue for a lot of people is the fact that over a year into the pandemic, there is no progress. It seems in any areas, vaccines, the way the government is handling things, anything. We have nothing to hang on to anymore. And you kind of touch on that as well. I mean, this this weariness, this resignation, this despair. And you'd say, oh my gosh, you know, I, you know, the mixed messaging, all of this. I mean, it is, it is, it, it's exhausting and it's frustrating. And I, I'm not sure how much more people are going to do, Peter. Yeah, go up from St. Albert's a blinking genius by the sounds of things. Uh, <laughs> I, I, I completely agree. It feels like we've
0: been flying with, with no cap and pressure for a long, long time. Now, please don't don't join my church. You know, I don't have all the clear answers because it's, you know, there's a reason we use the word unprecedented. It is mm-hmm. extremely difficult, as I say, to tackle a novel Mutating, constantly mutating virus. Um, uh, I just, uh, I, I want to get across the point that we're there with everybody else. You know, there has been a sense yeah. from some people that doctors have enjoyed the attention, and that's why I sort of opened up by, and then there probably are members of my profession that have loved every second of this, but, mm-hmm. you know, most of us just enjoy a quiet life, you know the simple things i did actually just get back from a ski trip and my god what a mental health injection that was Mm -hmm. and so you know that's what i want to get back to as i'm sure everybody else does we're We're simple folk as Albertans, we want to go to the lake, we want to drink a frosty beer, we want to throw a baseball. You know, we're not asking for magical things, Mm -hmm. but my God, we're all dealing with this strange sort of mix of despair and frustration and fatigue at the same time as saying, oh well, dust myself off, got to keep going. And I just wanted to express that to our friends in Britain.
1: Well, and I think it's, and in, in you point out uh, in, in the piece that you wrote that, you know, what was it, you know, Canadians, we can be smug and prone to virtue singl- signaling. Our particular brand usually includes unwarranted superiority, especially when comparing ourselves to our excitable American cousins and stuffy British parent, parents. I think we, I think we yeah, and, I, and I think we do as Canadians, I think we like to pat ourselves on the back and think that we are better than, than maybe other countries out there, but... Um, Um, You know, when you take a look at things like vaccine and where we are right now in the vaccine rollout, as you said, you know, well done matters more than well said. And I thought that that hits home right there. And we are not doing it well right now.
0: No, we're not. And some of it was dumb luck. You know, we were lucky we didn't have the population density uh, that New York and Italy had in the first Mm -hmm. wave. And and maybe we got complacent during the first wave and the second wave because we could always look at one other nation that had higher Mm -hmm. death rates. But it was always, you know, as I also point out, and I I admit the piece is full of excessively flowery prose, but hey, if you can get away with it, it feels nice after years of writing dry medical treaties. But, you know, the the top three issues now are vaccination, 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 which is why the Brits and the Americans have gone from a state where we could look down our smug noses at them to a state where we go, oh, my God, they've opened things up in America. and Oh, my God, they're opening things up in the UK. And ultimately, in the long term, that's going to matter most, which allows me to sort of also jump in and say, please get your vaccines, please, Mm. because it is a race. And once, the, the, you know, the ICU issue is sort of once the toothpaste is out of the tube, you can't put it back in. So our numbers at the moment are going up every day. They're not as dire as Toronto's. They're not as dire as Vancouver's. But once they're out, that's the problem. And so we can't just say, do you have one more bed in the ICU? Then in that case, you're fine. That's the problem. It sort of takes two weeks.
1: What are you expecting in two weeks from now, four weeks from now?
0: Yeah, you know, prepare for the worst and hope for the best. I am expecting it to be considerably worse. Now, and that's what all the projections from all the sensible people say. Now, it is absolutely a race between vaccines and variants. And so there are more variants appearing. We just need to get people vaccinated and don't worry too much about the color of the lifeboat, whatever vaccine you're offered, take that vaccine. And, you know, I'm happy to answer questions about AstraZeneca and colleagues of mine have done a far better job than I ever would, but for goodness sake, the risks with uh, the AstraZeneca are tiny when compared to smoking, when compared to getting COVID itself, they're right up there with major surgery and flying across an ocean, which is what we all want to desperately do and won't think twice about when this comes around. So, you know, if I can plug the vaccines, uh, Uh. let me use this opportunity to do so.
1: Yeah, it was pretty happy to get mine uh, last Ooh, week. My right. husband got his yesterday, so we're, we're feeling a little bit better. We'll be better when that second dose is in, whenever that happens, right? I mean, it just—it feels like we're just kind of you know, waiting. You know, people are getting it, and, and, and the the Gen Xers who rolled who rolled up, you know, in in their Fieros, <laughs> listening to Journey at full blast or Nirvana, whatever it was, um, you know, at the at the expo center to get there uh, to. Get Get their vaccines i mean it has been something else to watch and it'll be interesting to see if there's enough um you know following the recommend- recommendations today that you know we can open it up to 30 plus as well um yeah the well, uh that, could, the race I- is on
0: Yeah, if I can add to that, I mean, we've used this term herd immunity, which really makes it sound like we're processing cattle, and I've never cared for the term. So I've always called it community protection, because that's what it is. And and even myself, and I'm in the very, very lucky, what is it, 5% of Canadians who've had both jabs, I remember going from feeling like I was the most dangerous member of my family in that I was most likely to pass it on, to the safest member of my family. And actually, hyperbole aside, it actually felt like I was back to protecting my family once I got my vaccine. And, and so there aren't many treatments out there where you're actually protecting your neighbours and the rest of your family by getting yourself treated Uh, and so you know even when you have a little muscle ache the following day or whatever your side effect might be Uh be delighted because that's your immune system kicking in and saying yeah you know in the same way that lifting barbells makes your muscles hurt taking a jab might make your muscles hurt too but it shows you're building immunity just like you build strength so roll on vaccines (laughs)
1: Dr. (laughs) Peter Brindley checking in with us this afternoon. Always great to talk with you. Uh, Thanks for all that you do, and, and stay safe. We'll talk to you again soon.
0: Always a pleasure. Thank you, everybody.
1: Yeah, take care now. Dr. Peter Brinley checking in this afternoon. Peter in Wainwright says, Peter sounds like a smart guy with a a name like Peter. He's probably handsome to us. Peters are the full package. I love it. Peter in Wainwright Uh, and another text says, I love this British doctor. I miss the humor that comes through. Please pass on my thanks to him and his colleagues from a a fellow ex-Brit, now a a proud Canadian.